We've gotta be the body to rock it like we're never gonna see it again. We are exploding, the world is gonna know it. We rock it like you're never gonna see us again. PM and Pure Gold is live and on the air for this Wednesday night, April 4th, 2011. That's right, folks. Pure Gold has moved to Wednesday nights, a.k.a. Hump Day. Welcome once again <laughs> to the show that covers everything and anything and tells it like it is. My name is Joe Pacino, along with my tag team partner and co-host, as always, David Gomez. Sir, how are you? I'm doing wonderful, sir. Fabulous. Ready to get the show underway. Yes, sir. I hear that. Tonight, folks, on the program, we have actress Jennifer Lilly from General Hospital joining us for a few minutes. We will also wrap up WrestleMania 28, look ahead to WrestleMania 29, which will be in our home state of New Jersey. We'll do some raw review from two nights ago and discuss all the happenings, and as stories get reset, we will break down that. We'll talk about a little bit about opening day, even though we don't really want to. We'll talk about opening day for the Mets and the Yankees. We'll make some... Major League Baseball predictions, and this Sunday is one of the biggest holidays for the Christian Catholics. It's Easter, so we'll break that down. But, sir, before we get the show underway, let's give out the contact information. Folks, as always, if you'd like to be a part of the show and call in and talk to our guests or talk to us, whichever you prefer, 714-364-4721. Once again, that number, 714-364-4721. You can check out our website, puregoldpg.com or of course you can follow us on Twitter you can subscribe to us on iTunes you can check us out on Facebook and all that other goodness um, you know of course our YouTube, we never go on YouTube we never really post up any videos but there's a couple out there that you can kind of check out so please tune us in, check us out puregoldpg.com JB. Thank you DG um, we have a guest from California it's, uh, you know, my wife watches soaps. I don't know if you watch, your wife watches soaps. And I catch myself watching soaps once in a while, sir. <laughs> I'll admit it. I watch some soaps. So yeah, what, how apropos that we watch male soap operas. Tonight we're going to be talking about more or less female soap opera. Yeah, more or less, folks. We, <laughs> we are proud and privileged to be joined by actress Jennifer Lilly. She plays Maxie Jones on General Hospital. Of course, uh, one of the most famous soap operas of all time. She's also been in some other things that, of course, we're going to discuss. Jennifer, how are you doing this evening? I'm doing well. How are you guys doing? We're doing wonderful, wonderful. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we really, of course, uh, appreciate having you on the show. And, uh, you know, of course, we're going to we're gonna talk about everything you've done. So, JB, take it away. Yes. Jen, can you first tell us what got you into acting and when did you know that this was the career that you want to pursue and be successful in? Oh, goodness. Um, actually, I didn't – I kind of, you know, I was always interested in acting, but not for myself. I mean, I just always admired actors, and I really didn't get into give being an actress myself until late in the game in college. Um, I just kept walking around grounds of the University of Virginia, and I had seen these posters all over the place, and um, to the point where it started to annoy me for auditions for this film, and it got really annoying, and, and it was uh, one of those things that kept popping up in my head, and so finally I decided – in order to remedy the annoyance, I would go ahead and audition for it. And um, my mom always taught me that there's really no risk in trying something because if you don't try it, the answer is no. 
So if you try it and the answer is no, then, you know, no, no harm, right. no foul. So I auditioned for it and showed up on set, uh, booked the lead role, showed up on set and realized that I really loved film and I loved the camera and, most importantly, I loved the crew and I loved working with them and that it was something that I wanted to pursue and I thought um, maybe I could do that. So I started pursuing film in college and um, moved out, graduated early and moved out and I've been in Los Angeles for a little over four years. That's great. Now, what would you consider your first break-in for into acting? Oh, goodness. Um, I mean, I don't know, because I feel like all of it's a process. I guess um, kind of my my biggest role to start with was um, MTV's Disaster Date, which was a lot of fun, and it was a lot of work. It's a it's not a reality show. A lot of people think that, like, Disaster Date. I'm like, no, no, no. It's an improv <laughs> comedy. Super funny. And um, what you it's basically like punked, but these people are set up on blind dates by their friends. And I'm the date, and I'm the date <laughs> from hell, and I get to make your life a living hell. And it's a lot of fun because we literally, before the show, it is completely a prank. Like, they don't know at all that it's fake. They don't know at all that you're not like this girl named Samantha that's like 19 years old that's on a date with them. And so <laughs> we would have like three facts. Be like, okay, they don't like smokers. They don't like partiers, and they don't like, you know, whatever the third fact is. And so, of course, you're going to do all those things. You're going to light up a cigarette. You're going to be super annoying. You're going to talk about yourself the whole time. You're going to freak them out and talk about kids. And so that was a lot of fun. I did that um, about a year and a half ago on MTV, and it was a lot of fun. So that wow. was maybe my biggest trick. And, then, you know, and well, I did the artist before that, but nobody knew that the artist was going to be a big deal until um, this year. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, you know, and you, since we're speaking of all the different things that you have done, can you tell us a little bit well, what was it like being uh, the guest spots that you've had? You know, I was checking out your resume. You've done Spot on Criminal Minds, I Carly, Hannah Montana, et cetera, et cetera. What was it like doing those little parts on these uh, these shows that are you know popular, depending on the demographic, whether it's kids or, or adults? I mean, those are obviously very popular shows. So, what was that like for you? Oh, I loved it. I mean, I, I hope to do a bunch more. I love doing guest spots because you're going to get to come on in and play with the cast and then leave, and it's just really fun. Um, I think iCarly was the most fun I've ever had working on any set because that, that, I mean, every every cast that I've worked with, actually, to be honest, and this is not me being political, it's just me being completely honest, has been really wonderful. But our iCarly cast in, um, specifically is just so cool. They're really down to earth and super funny and um I don't know. I mean, working on the kids' show is super fun because <laughs> there are no rules. You know, you can just be, like, as silly as you want to be, and, and it works. So that was definitely the most fun. But I love doing test spots. Yeah, it, it's good stuff. And, you know, I was a, I used to be a big fan of Criminal Minds, and uh, I can't lie, you know, my niece likes uh, iCarly, Hannah Montana, some of my little cousins. So, I, you know, I've seen these shows once or twice. So when I saw that, nice. I figured, you know, i got to ask her. I need to find out what's going on and, and how, how she feels about that. But, you know, currently – you're starring on a, on a big show, General Hospital. Everybody's heard of it, whether you're a fan of soap operas or not. We kind of started that as our lead-in. But, you know, you replaced an actress, uh, Kirsten Storms. It was supposed to be a temporary role, but now you've taken over the role. Tell us about that whole situation and, and what it's like for you to be in such an iconic program as, uh, as General Hospital. Oh, my gosh, it's tremendous. I feel so blessed. And, I mean, I think about that every day. Like, I'm just every day that I get to go to work, I feel very happy. Um it was an unfortunate circumstance that I came onto the show. I mean, if you know Kirsten Storm's work, she's really great, um, and she she's such a powerhouse, and I really wish that I could have met her and I could have worked with her. Um, 
So, I mean, it was crazy that I didn't know at all going in that I was even auditioning for Maxi, and it's just it just keeps building and building, and it's it's been really insane. But um, I, I really love working on soaps. You know, I mainly have a comedy background, uh, especially with MTV stuff, and and so it's coming on a soap. I was really scared at first. I didn't know whether I could do it, um, just because I'd been so trained comically and. I hadn't done drama in so long, but I really like it. Um, the cast is amazing. Frank Valentini is amazing. Ron, the writer, Carla Vati, he's great. Um, so, I, I, and I really liked it. It's been it's been a lot of work. It's been crazy, but um, I, I every day I, do, I feel really blessed. So, I mean, what actor doesn't want to work, you know? <laughs> right. What would you? Say, yeah, right. Jen, what would you say is your absolute favorite part of being on General Hospital? Oh gosh. I, I that's so I don't know I don't know I I guess working with the cast really they're they're awesome they're so good and each one's different I mean I guess that's true in any genre of work but with actors it's like actors are very different and um, the energy that kind of goes on working right. with each person individually is very different so it's so fun like getting to know them I love working with all of them but there's specific actors like I love working with Bradford Anderson. Um, he and I have awesome silent communication with our eyes a lot, and I just really appreciate him because he's always he's just such a cool scene partner. So I guess my right. favorite part's been working with them and learning and now, from them. They're so good. Right now, I'm going to be honest with you. My wife does watch the CBS soaps, and uh, you probably rip them, but that's okay because you know you never <laughs> no, know. What no, no, no. Gonna... <laughs> listen, you got to no. Listen, all the soaps, we are all in this together. I mean, we're all facing the axe. So I say. Watch every soap that you can watch because hopefully, you know, the networks will learn, like, hey, we have a huge audience, and they're awesome, and our fans rock, and they will watch soaps before they will watch The Revolution and The Chew and all these other daytime talk shows that are flopping. <laughs> so I say you watch know, Jen, every soap you can. I don't care what network they're on. <laughs> you know, Jen, you mentioned something that's interesting. Uh, you know, uh, all you have all these different shows we've gotten canceled, Guiding Light, which has gone for like 500 years. Um I heard something today. I'm not really sure if it's true, but what's the status with General Hospital? Is it is it on the bubble? Is it going to get canceled? Do you have any idea, any of that information? We don't know at all. Um, we're on hiatus right now, so hopefully it has, um, nothing has changed. But Frank keeps us abreast of the rumors, and I think, you know, day to day you hear something else, but we're still fighting just as hard to keep it around, and I think that there is hope. And i got to tell you what, I mean, I love Jill Farron Faults. That was our former um, executive producer. I don't know how fans feel about her, but I love that woman with all my heart. She's super sweet, and she was super awesome, and I think that she did the best that she could do. But with that being said, if anybody can save a soap, it is Frank Valentini, our current executive producer. He's awesome. He's in his 30s, and he's hip, and he came in, and he's like, what's up with the lighting from the 70s? And I'm like, thank you. We need to fix that. I've been thinking that in my head for the longest time. And he's like, and I'm in the MTV generation, and we don't want to watch six-minute scenes. They need to be like two minutes and then click to the next thing, to the next thing, to the next thing. And I'm like, yes. So he's really spicing it up. The writing's gotten better. And um, I just think if he can, you know, if any soap has hope, I feel like it's General Hospital, and I feel like it's because of um, Frank and Ron. Folks, those of you just tuning in, tuning in, you are listening to actress generally. She is one of the stars in General Hospital, and she's joining us this evening. Uh, I know we have a, a few more questions for her, but of course, uh, Jen, we, we definitely thank you for for giving us uh, a few minutes here. Now, uh, you touched on on the situation with the with the scenes and everything, and I, I find that interesting because as a fan, I know when you watch anything, when you watch TV, 
I've seen movies, I pick them apart, you know, you have your comments and things, and, and what you just touched on, two-minute scenes versus, let's say, six-minute scenes, that's so key because this audience, this generation, has such a short attention span, you have to spice things up. So it's definitely a good call sure. on trying to bring a little youth into the into the show. Oh, and I mean, I think that's for anybody. You know, I think it appeals to the younger generation, but I think all of us as a whole, as a society, have a shorter attention span. You know, we're able to, I mean, maybe that means we're smarter. That's what some scientists say, that maybe we've gotten smarter and we just we can take in the information. It's like, okay, we got it. We, we got it. We know what's going on next versus, you know, needing a longer explanation. So hopefully right. people are digging it. I'm digging it. <laughs> now, Jen, looking at your resume here, I mean, and you even touched upon, you know, being uh, having a small part on the art, um, the movie The Artist. Can you uh, talk about how that experience was like for you? Oh, my gosh. I could talk about how that experience was for me all day and all night long. Uh, <laughs> I love silent film. I mean, that maybe was what inspired me to become an actress, maybe more than anything. I... I don't know if I'm, like, just was just, like, the weird kid in high school that loved unconventional things like silent film, but um, I used to rent them from the library, and I've read books on silent film, I've read autobiographies, so, you know, I'm, like, a silent film geek, if we're going to be honest here, and so when I saw the breakdown a year and a half ago, um, the breakdown is what we call, like, oh, here's the film and this is the parts that they're casting. I remember calling mm-hmm. up my agent and being like, I don't know this casting director. I don't know this director. Everybody is from France. But I didn't know Heidi Lovett at the time. And I was like, you have got to get me in this room. I swear to you, I can book it. If any person in the entire planet can book it, like, I know silent film. And so it was really cool to work on it. Um it was such a geek-tastic experience for me, and I loved it, and I, I wish more people would make silent films. But, I mean, I think that was a masterpiece, and I think you really had to have Michelle Hazanavici's mindset and everything to do it. Um, that's the director-writer, and he, he spent 10 years getting funding for it. Um, so I'm very <laughs> fortunate to have worked on it. Even if it had not gone anywhere, I would have thought it was the coolest thing ever. So. I'm, my mind is still a little fried and blown at the fact that it won this picture. I'm like, what? <laughs> That's what I was going to ask you. Did, did you think it was going to win so many awards? No. No. I mean, I thought, sure, it could win some film festivals, hopefully, in France or, you know, in Europe, and where people are more artistically inclined to be a little more abstract. But, um, no. And, and no one in Los Angeles thought that. You know, at the time, people were like, oh, you're working on that? And I remember, like, telling my manager, who I love, for the longest time, I, I um, signed on to work with him after I booked the artist. And he was, and I was like, you really, you know, you can pitch the artist. Like, tell casting directors that I was in the artist. Like, that movie's going to be huge. It went to con. Like, it's going to be huge. And, and he's like, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> it's like, everybody in Los Angeles was like, why are you filming this? Oh, you're working on this? That's nice. Like, was that weird? I'm like, are you kidding me? So, no, nobody thought it was going to be a big deal at all, except for the director. Like, he knew. I mean, he was like this. He he. I talked to him at the at the Oscars parties and stuff. I'm like, dude, congrats! And he's like, I knew it. Like, I knew. Like, this is my vision the whole time. And I'm like, well, then you're like a freaky genius because everybody else thought it was gonna end up in some, you know, can somewhere and then nobody would right. see it. So I, I'm stoked. I mean, the fact that he won so many awards is definitely a testament to the acting quality. I mean, you know, I was counting today. I believe five. 
I could be incorrect, but uh, when I was checking out earlier all the Oscars and everything, I believe it won five and it won some major categories like uh, Best Actor, Best Picture, and everything. Now, Jim, um, you know, as we wrap this up with you, one thing that caught my attention when I when I went about booking the whole uh, interview and I said, "Oh, let me, you know, let's try to get her on the show," is uh, you, you throw out there, you know, things that you do did plus you love Jesus and your fans. So, can you tell us a little bit about the uh, Jesus aspect of your life? Yeah, I mean, sure. I love Jesus. <laughs> I um, I love him. Uh, plain and simple. Um, yeah, I grew up a Christian, and um, I just feel like God is. I'm, I listen to a lot of this is awesome speaker named Graham Cook, and he always says God is the kindest person I've ever met. And I know for a lot of people, they're like, "How can you say that? You know, so many bad things happen." But, but God is consistently there for you i have seen so many miracles in my life and um i just think that god is so sovereign and so wonderful and he he really does he can redeem anything and he can forgive anything and that's been true in my life i mean there was a time period in high school where i'd gone through a bunch of just bs drama with my church unfortunately and i think that that happens a lot and that's why i'm not afraid to talk about it. i think a lot of people especially in the States, they're like, I, I can't go to church and I can't be a Christian yeah. because you know what? Like, those people suck and, and they screwed me over. And it's like, yeah, you know what? That happens. And if you want to yep. talk to anybody about that, it happened to me and it was horrible. But it wasn't Jesus who did it, you know? And and so I kind of strayed from him from, like, for, I mean, like, four to five months. I was kind of like, I don't know. Like, I don't know if I can have a relationship with you. I don't know, like, what's going on. And I just feel like God is so awesome and he needs you where you are, and he, I mean, as far as I'm concerned and what my experience has been, and, you know, I firmly believe this, and that's what it means to be a Christian, but I believe that God is the only God who's alive, and I've seen that in my real life. Um, my little brother, Ryan, he's awesome, and he was actually born, stillborn baby, and he was dead for 13 minutes, and the doctor said, you know, sorry, it's over, and my mom was like, it's not over. Like, my God's the God who redeems, and my God's the healer, and she prayed over him, and he came back to life. No joke. And the doctor was like, like, in Jesus' name, baby comes back to life. And the doctors were like, okay. So, okay, like, we can't really explain that. But um, he's going to be brain dead, and he's going to have damage, and he's going to, you know, probably be athletically, you know, he's going to have disabilities and stuff. And she's like, no, he's not. <laughs> That's not how God works. Like, God doesn't heal halfway. Like, God doesn't do things. I don't serve a half-assed God, <laughs> you know, and I know it's unconventional to say ass and God in the same sentence, but I guarantee you the Lord does not care. <laughs> so I'm just saying, throwing that out there, it's not a that I just said that. And um, he's, he's like, he makes straight A's, he's super athletic, he's like top of his class, super funny with it. And so, I mean, for me, it's just like, that's who God is. God is good, God is generous, and God is there for you through and through. And no matter what your circumstances, he's always good. And, um, I, I mean, I love him. I love Jesus. I just feel like he is redeemer, and he is awesome. So that's, that's I don't know if that's too much, but that's how I feel yeah. about it. I, I, don't think I've, I, I don't think I've ever heard anybody say that, you know, drop the uh, A-double-S on, uh, in the middle of a Dude, sentence. I know. That's okay. <laughs> that's okay. But, uh, you can't you, be offended. I don't think God is. Let's be honest. He's a forgiver. <laughs> You know, what's interesting is that, uh, is that you know, you deal with a lot of stuff when it comes to life and people in general, you know, and, and, and in my spare time, uh, I'm actually a youth minister, so, you know, I deal with a lot of kids, and, uh, you know, I, I've seen some quite a few interesting things, so, you know, when I threw the question out there, 
Uh, I wasn't sure how you would respond to it, but you definitely gave a gave a great response, and you gave your testimony, which is which is awesome. And um, you know, there's definitely no real way to to segue from that. Obviously, we appreciate you um, throwing that out there because, of course, those fans out there listening, whether they're believers or not, it's always encouraging to hear all these things and to hear about miracles because you know things do happen. Uh, we have a couple of callers on the line here that I'd like to to get to. I know we have Greg calling in, and, and uh, Greg wanted to, to speak with you, Jen. So, Greg, you're on the air with Pure Gold in general. Hi, Hi Greg. Jen. Hi. It's so good to talk to you. So good to talk I to you. Never, How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. I was never a Maxi fan until you got on the show. Oh, that's so sweet. I appreciate I, that. I've been a diehard. What's that? I just appreciate that. That's so sweet. <laughs> I've been a hardcore GH fan for a really long time. I'm 24, and I've been watching it probably the better part of 15 years, and I've never liked that character, and you're the one. And the storyline they got you going on is awesome. You're doing just a fantastic job. you got so much skill as an actress. It's just, it's amazing. And I want to see more nice. of your works. <laughs> The artist. Oh, I, I hope I get to work more. I haven't more. seen that yet. Yes. From your list need to, to God's ears, I hope I get to work more. You need to be everywhere. Yeah. Thank yes. you so much. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. You're beautiful. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Can I put you in my pocket? <laughs> you sure do. We got to love this. Greg, definitely appreciate you calling in. Thanks so much. And, of course, uh, you know. You're welcome. Feel free to Thanks for your time. No problem, sir. Feel free to tune in anytime, folks. That was Greg calling in. We also have Eva, who is on the line, and I know Eva would like to speak with Jen Lilly. Eva, you're on the air with Pure Gold and Jen Lilly. Hello. Hi, Jen. Hi, Eva. Hi. Hi. How are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you doing? Good. Um, I was just wondering, how do you do this? Uh, the crying scenes as uh, Maxi. Oh, well, it takes a lot out of me. I um, I do a couple things. I mean, I'm, I don't know. I guess actors all have different methods, and, and maybe some of them are, I don't know if it's healthy or not, but I convince myself. I do a couple things. One, I convince myself that my sister, Catherine, who I'm very close to, and she would be, I'm sure, Maxie's equivalent to Georgie. I tell myself Catherine's dead, and that's because of me, because, you know, Georgie kind of died because of Maxie in a sense. You know, it's like, text message callers after Maxie. So I say that, and then I'm best friends with my cousin Amy, and we have a very, you know, Roxy relationship. And so I'll be like, I'll look myself in the mirror before I go up every day, and I'm like, Amy's dead, and Amy's dead because of you. And that gets me going. And then also just knowing Maxie's backstory, um, I really love people, and I, I think people are wonderful, and her backstory is heartbreaking. And so if I can imagine Maxie as a real person, then... I feel such overwhelming empathy for her that it really it it brings me to tears. You know, I think she's been through so much, and and I just imagine myself in her position, and it makes me cry. Yeah, you do an amazing job on the show. I mean, thank it's you. Really, it's really cool and awesome watching you. And, um, you know, I, I'll be thirty-one, uh, thirty-two next July. And um, it, you know, I've been watching General Hospital since I've been like maybe five, you know. Yeah, and, that's awesome. Uh, mhm. 
and um, I just want to say how great you were on the show, and and that I um, I became a big fan of yours. Oh well, I so appreciate that. I, it means so much to me because I know um, you know most soap fans like you have been so invested in the show, and so I just really appreciate you guys giving me a chance and and supporting me. It's it's really kind, and I I just appreciate it so much. Anytime, you're welcome. Eva, thank you so much for calling in. We we definitely appreciate it. And, and make sure, you know, you tune in. We have a show every Wednesday. It'll be at 9 o'clock starting next week. But make sure you check us out, and, and you can follow us, and, of course, follow Jen and her career. Thank you so much for calling in, Eva. Thank you. Take care. Have a wonderful evening. And we have one more caller here. We have Dottie calling from upstate New York. We'd like to talk with Jen. Dottie, you are on the air with Pure Gold and Jen Lilly. Hi, Jen. Hey, Dottie. <laughs> hey, finally. I get to talk to You're you. You're awesome. And you Thank know you so how much I feel for everything you. that you do. You're so sweet. Oh, I know you do, and I, I really appreciate you. Thank you so much. I know Dottie's you awesome. Do. I know this from Twitter and from Facebook. So anybody who's <laughs> listening, I, well, I know Dottie is. Because Jen is awesome. It's easy to of be course. awesome for Jen because she is an awesome person. And I just want to call and say I'm so glad you came to General Hospital. Love watching you on there. You're awesome, girl. Oh, thank you so much, Dottie. Jen's I feel awesome. very blessed. And Dottie's awesome. <laughs> well, awesome I won't take up all your time, but I love you, girl. I love you too. Have a good one. You're wow, thank you. Thank you later. Thank you so much Jen, for calling, Dottie. Yeah, she's pop. Well, she's awesome too. Don't forget about that. You, you, yeah, you, awesome. you got to make sure. <laughs> Jen, uh, again, we thank you. Great. We can't thank you enough for uh, for being so awesome, as has been pointed out, and for calling the show and giving us you know some time. We, we definitely appreciate it. But before we let you go, let our fans know, you know, other than the Dotties and the Evas and the Gregs, where we do follow you, how can they get a hold of you and how can they find out what's going on in your wonderful career? Well, they can follow me on Twitter if they're not already. I tweet with my fans a lot. Love them. My, um, what's it called, handle is <laughs> Jen, J-E-N, underscore Lily, L-I-L-L-E-Y, don't forget the E. And um, I'm also facebook.com backslash Jen Lily fan page. And um, they could follow you. Where can they follow you guys? <laughs> oh, well, <laughs> now you're the plug out there. Uh, <laughs> they can, of course, follow us on puregoldpg.com where they can check out our Twitter, our Facebook, and all that other wonderful stuff. We have all the links there under the follow us section. And, of course, Jen, uh, we're going to be putting this episode up, uh, you know, probably tomorrow in the morning. And, of course, we'll tweet you. And I know from personal experience you favorite a lot of things and retweet a lot of things uh, <laughs> mentioning you. So I think I have about 15 of those just from saying you're going to be on the show. So <laughs> that's always a plus. That's pretty awesome of you. Hey, Jen. Yes. Before we, before you go, will you promise to come back on the show when you win an Oscar and Emmy? Uh, yeah, if I ever do, Jesus willing, we'll see. Oh, you will, <laughs> don't worry. If, I, if, I'm not, if I'm not passed out, if I haven't had, I haven't had my dark, died from a heart attack, <laughs> that I was nominated. So, yeah, sure. That, we'll, hopefully we won't see in the, in the news that an actress dies after finding out she won an Oscar, because that, that would be quite a story, but definitely not, not one that we want to hear. Jen, again, I said this three times, can't thank you enough. It was a pleasure talking to you. You know, you're, you're definitely one of our, uh, you know, one of our, more upbeat and lively guests and of Ken, thank you for sharing your testimony about your brother. That was some awesome stuff and, and powerful stuff and I hope that the fans out there really take that to heart and be, you know, believe that God is alive. This is Easter week, interestingly enough, and 
you know, Jesus right. resurrected on the Sunday. So, you know, thank you so much, and hopefully you get a little encouragement to those people out there going through some hard times. Thank you. Alrighty. Well, you guys have an awesome night. You too. Have an awesome evening, Jen. Thank you so much. Alrighty. Bye. Bye. Folks, that was the awesome one. Not the miss. That was the awesome Jen Lilly, actress extraordinaire, General Hospital, MTV's Disaster Day, which sounds hilarious, by the way. I definitely got to check, uh, check that out. I, I think I've seen the show. I don't know if I've ever seen Jen on it, but I've seen something similar to that. But that was some good stuff, sir, covering uh, General Hospital, covering stuff we don't normally cover. Well, yeah, like I said, we cover male soap operas. Why not cover some female soap operas, right? Yeah, and, you know, as Greg show, there are men who do watch the show. As a kid, interestingly enough, I used to watch All My Children. I know that show's canceled now, but um, I used to watch All My Children with my aunt who used to take care of me. I used to drink coffee, and now as an adult, I loathe coffee. I don't like soap operas, but as a kid, I loved them. Maybe I was traumatized. Maybe I saw something that just, like, messed me up as a kid. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. I mean, and, you know, I find myself falling asleep to watching soap operas with my wife on the couch, well, so, you yeah, know, I watch yeah, them too. Fall, you fall asleep while watching wrestling. You fall asleep. You're an old man. You fall asleep watching anything. It could, you know, you, you could be winning the lottery and you pass out because that's just how you roll. <laughs> You're right. Folks, let's take a quick break here, and we'll be right back with some more awesome and wonderful Pure Gold goodness. Check out Pure Gold Radio for a fresh take on sports and entertainment. David and Joe are informative, prolific, and funny. Enjoy a variety of guests and perspective. Tune in to catch me live, pro wrestler, actress, producer, Francesca Zappacelli at puregoldpg.com. And we're back, folks. And, sir, it is 10.30. We're at the bottom of the hour. And this is oh, Sunday. Uh, pure gold. Pure gold. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. This past Sunday was WrestleMania 28, the big one. It's in the books. Um, you know, we could give our t- a quick take on the main things that happened because, you know, there, there's a lot of garbage, to be honest with you, that was at this pay-per-view. But um, lo- looking at the car as a whole, it was decent at best for me. I didn't, you know, I mean, you went perfect, I think, in your predictions. Is that correct? Uh, well, no, I was actually 6 for six and 0 up until the last two matches. I wanted The Rock to win, did not think he would, so I didn't call that one, and I, I was incorrect in the Chris Jericho-CM Punk fight, so uh, I will, I wasn't the last two, but two of the last three matches I got incorrect. But I, I, I was rocking, I was 5-0, and ended up 6-2, the best in my, I've ever done in my predictions, sir. All right. So we, we opened the show with, uh, you know, showing the venue, which was, um, you know, where the Dolphins played. What's that stadium called? It's forget, I'm escaping my mind. Sun Life Stadium. And I, I'm always a big fan of having WrestleMania at these big arenas because I just love the more fans, the better for these things. I just think it, it makes it that much bigger. It makes, it's got a great feel to it. But uh, we opened, sir, the card with Sheamus versus uh, Daniel Bryan. And we thought that this match would actually be the opening match. And usually you have an opening match. You call that the curtain jerker. You really want to get the fans really into it. And I thought it was the complete opposite, to be honest with you. I think it took away from the whole momentum of starting at WrestleMania with an 18-second match where Sheamus basically hits his finishing move, matches over, and Daniel Bryan is not, no longer the World Heavyweight Champion, and Sheamus now is the World Heavyweight Champion after 18 seconds. Yeah, that was horrible. I think that, uh, honestly, sir, it, it hurts Sheamus more than anything else. I heard Doug and Dave today. For some reason, I got my theories back. I have no clue why. But um, it hurts him more than anything. It definitely is not a plus for him. 
and it was it was a huge negative. Daniel Bryan seems to be more popular than ever. Um, there's no ifs ands or buts about that. The people are chanting out yes, yes, yes throughout the night. But uh, I don't see how this helped either guy. And uh, I want to know who in the WWE thought it was a good idea, thought it was entertaining, or thought that this should book because it was absolutely it was a travesty of justice. And these two guys got screwed royally. Sheamus' big moment was taken away by the stupidity of the WWE booking. This is something you do on, on Raw, SmackDown, not uh, not on a pay per view, and not at the biggest show of the year. Agreed. And the only reason why I bring it up is because it was at the biggest show of the year, and it was just a sham of a finish for all the people that were there live, and you know, and the people that were watching on TV like us. Um, another match that we had, which was really good, I thought, um, was CM Punk versus Chris Jericho for the WWE title. This match was back and forth, back and forth, and, you know, it was a toss-up on who was going to win this match. Punk ended up winning the match by having Jericho tap out, but, sir, this was probably, to, honestly, the match of the night in terms of wrestling. Oh, I agree. It was a great match. I absolutely loved it. I thought it was amazing. Punk and Jericho did a great job. I'm glad after Raw um, is over, you get to see that the feud is continuing. So it was, it was absolutely some exciting stuff. Great match. Sir, that ending sequence was classic, all-time classic. The way that match ended, the way Jericho got out of the, uh, the Anaconda Vice, the way that uh, Punk reversed the walls of Jericho. I mean, it was amazing, absolutely amazing, and I loved it. You know, it was a little slow at the beginning, but it's because Jericho was trying to get Punk uh, disqualified. I thought the psychology, the ring work, it was just flat out. I'd give it, I'd give it pretty much four and a half stars, sir. Yeah, I mean, in terms of logic, when there is no logic, you would you would you would have thought that Chris Jericho would have won the match, so that you know he could carry this feud on. But they found a way to carry the feud on, and we'll we'll discuss that in our raw recap. Um, going on to probably the spot the spot fest of the night, it was Triple H Undertaker three. Uh, this match was held in a Hell in a Cell, and um, you know it was much better than last year's match, honestly, sir. There was no need for the cage, I didn't think, because there was no big spots inside the Hell in the Cell. But, you know, we wanted to know what kind of role Shawn Michaels was going to be as a special referee. And I think that they played it out so perfectly. You had times that you really thought that Triple H was going to actually beat Taker. This was back and forth, back and forth. Eventually, Undertaker took, um, you know, took Triple H, took him down, went 20-0, and we move on. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I thought it was it was good. I thought it was classic. I absolutely loved the the match. I thought it was much better than last year. You and I, unlike most people, were down on the match last year, but I thought it was great. I thought the spots were excellent. The ending was good. Um, Sean was perfect, and you know went against everything I said. I didn't see the point of having him in there. He was a bit over the top with the drama and everything, but I think he added something that wouldn't have been there if it wasn't for him. But they definitely did not need the Hell in a Cell there. There's no doubt. It should have just been a no holds barred match, but. The Hell in a Cell was not needed, sir. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. But it was a great right. match. And I personally think both guys should be done after this. I don't think either one should wrestle again. I thought Taker was washed up. Um, a lot of people may not agree with me, but I really didn't think he had anything left. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. This match, again, was better than last year's, but pretty, this should have been both their matches. It was an end of an era, so let's just end the careers as well because I think these guys have proved, you know, beyond a shadow of a doubt that they're Hall of Famers, they're future Hall of Famers, and there's really nothing else to prove inside the ring. So I think that would have been a great way to end their careers. Shawn yeah. Michaels ended yeah. his career last year. So those three legends... Well, two years ago. Uh, yeah. Oh, two well, years ago, right? Sure. Not, not to cut you off, but I think that 20-0 is the perfect place to end it. I mean, why do you get in 21-0, 22-0, 27-0? And is only wrestling once a year. To me, that's kind of, like, ridiculous. Let him go. Let him retire. Let him go away. I know a lot of uh, 
people will say, well, it's not WrestleMania without Taker. I don't agree. I think it's WrestleMania with or without him. And, uh, you know, I think you should move on, sir, as should yeah. we. Right. Like I said, if anything, this match was better than last year, so we, we did find some entertainment in it. And then finally, the main event at WrestleMania, one year in the making, all the talk, all the, you know, going back and forth pretty much ended on Sunday night between The Rock and John Cena in the ring. The fans were electric, I thought. The match went back and forth. We 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 always we argued that there's no reason why Rock should win, but you know what? In the end, Rock did win, and it set up, you know, we were wondering how this was going to play out, but, sir, the match itself was pretty good, I thought, and um, having The Rock win in front of his home crowd uh, was a good way to send home the fans. I agree. Um, I was surprised he won. We were... All the guys we watched it with were surprised, but I loved it. I jumped out of my seat. I was excited. I was glad he won. I thought he should have won. Um, we're going to get into this in the Raw recap, but I think that uh, I think that things are, not, are looking kind of bleak for Mr. Cena. But the fact that The Rock was able to do it, he can lay claim something that not many others, actually nobody, can lay claim to. He beat the star of the Attitude Era in Stone Cold Steve Austin at WrestleMania. He beat the all-time greatest Hulk Hogan, the star of the 80s, the Rock and Wrestling Era, and he beat the star the undisputed star of the PG era and John Cena all at WrestleMania, and nobody else can say that, sir. So, uh, you know, hats off to The Rock. That was some good stuff, and um, I believe that, uh, you know, that, I would say that's pretty much all I'd have to say. I know a lot of people said that he was out of gas, he was this, he was that, but I, I thought it was good for what it was. I thought it would have been a little bit more hard-hitting, but to follow up Undertaker and Jericho and Punk, uh, you know, the Triple H, of course, it, it, it's kind of hard to do that with anything, uh, considering how great those matches were. Right, and you know you had the other garbage that John Lawrence nice is now the control of G, uh, the GM of both shows. Uh, you know, Big Show beat um, Cody Rhodes for IC title, but that's all fluff and stuff. The main stuff is what we covered tonight, folks. That was WrestleMania 28 in a nutshell. And now we talk about the day after, and we always, you know, look ahead because stories get reset. We talk about you know feuds ending, and you know some of them continuing nowadays just like Jericho and uh, Punk. But first, sir, let's take a swap. Hey, this is Morgan Woolard, Miss Oklahoma USA 2010, and you're listening to Pure Gold. All right, we're back. Sir, Monday night, two two nights ago was Monday Night Raw again, the day after WrestleMania, and Rock, apropos, they were still in Miami, Florida. Um, He came out, cut a promo says he wants to be World Heavyweight Champion or WWE Champion. What do you think? I love it. <laughs> I think that he will be WWE Champion. I think that's a 100% certainty. He wouldn't have said it if it wasn't in the cards. He, with his credibility, you know, as a wrestler back in the day, I think that he should, you know what I mean? Should he get it? That's, that's kind of debatable, but I have no problem with it. I love it. I think he was a man. And uh, I can't wait to see who he beats for the title. I'm, I'd love to see Rock and Punk, uh, not at WrestleMania, but I'd love to see Rock and, and CM Punk go at it maybe at SummerSlam, sir. Yeah, I mean, that would be a great match. Um, it's good to see that Rock will stick around, even if it's part-time basis. But he cuts that, he cuts that nice promo to start the show. And, you know, other parts of the Raw that caught my attention was the fact that CM Punk had a fight, you know, Mark Henry... And then Chris Jericho came out, decided to pour some alcohol on a and a hurt CM Punk on the outside of the ring. Um, do you like how this this feud is continuing, sir? Woo! Sorry about that, folks. Some some technical difficulties. I I do like the way that the feud is continuing. Uh, I thought it was some good stuff. 
Thirty. Did you happen to catch when the battle broke over uh, over Punk? Yeah. What about that? I I, I uh, watched it in slow motion, and the battle actually broke up in Jericho's hand when he was coming down. Somebody mentioned that it broke over the ring post. I don't know who got that idea, but the fact is, it broke way before it hit Punk. But I thought it was such a nice spot, a nice visual that uh, I loved it. I thought it was great. I thought pouring the, the booze on him, which is like a fake Jack Daniels bottle, and I'm sure it wasn't real booze because you know Punk obviously being a the straight-edge guy in real life that he is, that would be a big problem. But I thought it was great, and I think the fact that the feud is continuing, I think it's the only feud that really needs to continue after WrestleMania. Um, Rock and Cena, I thought they should have had a little closure, but we'll get to that in a minute. But to me, sir, this is a feud that I'm looking forward to. I would have booked Jericho to win. I think he should have won. And then you have Punk recapturing his hometown, but I'm thinking the opposite will happen. You know how Vince likes to have people embarrassed in their hometown, although Punk did, you know, win the Money in the Bank in Chicago. I think there's a good chance Punk will lose the next pay-per-view in Chicago with Jericho to keep this feud going possibly until SummerSlam. Definitely possible. Um, another part of Raw that I just want to touch upon, because I know you want to talk about, there's a, on my notes here, on my rundown, you want to talk about some Orton controversy, so I'm interested to hear that. But before I do that, sir, it's amazing when we talked about um, a bunch of mid-carters that have come, you know, that they main event a little bit, and then they come down and they get stuck in the mid-card pretty much for life. I saw a match in between the, all this Raw, you know, this great Raw the day after WrestleMania. I saw Riley, Alex Riley, wrestling some martial arts guy that I've, you know, I've seen promos on him, and he beat Alex Riley. Riley. There's another guy that seemed to be the next big thing, and that's apropos for tonight when we talk about who came out at the end of Raw. But, sir, how far has Alex Riley fallen from the WWE graces? I know uh, an old uh, wrestling colleague of mine mentioned that he thought Alex Riley would be the next big thing, and, and he's fallen off the face of the earth. There's no doubt about it. I kind of feel bad for the guy, to be honest with you, and I, I was surprised to see him get in squash and have so many other guys. They could have squashed, but, uh, I mean, you, you might be seeing him getting future endeavors soon. I just think that uh, they, they lost whatever hope and faith they had in Alex Riley's turn. It's a shame because he's got a nice look, and I think he's talented, but it doesn't seem to be that the WWE thinks so. Right. Now, what's this about uh, Randy Orton controversy? Tell us about that. All right. Now, before we get into the main thing of, of wrestling, um, now apparently there's, uh, WWE is making a third part to the Marine. I have no idea why, but the first one was with John Cena. second part to Ted DiBiase. This one was supposed to be Randy Orton. How did WWE miss this? How they didn't know? I mean, they've done video specials on him, DVDs, but I've never bought any of them because I'm not a big fan or a fan at all. Randy Orton was dishonorably discharged from the Marine Corps, so he went AWOL twice, abandoned his platoon, did all kinds of crazy stuff. He was court-martialed. I believe he spent like 38 days in military jail, if I'm not mistaken. And, I mean, this guy is, is as much as I dislike him on a wrestling level, this guy is a disgrace to his country, an absolute sham and a farce of a human being when it comes to what he did. I mean, maybe he's changed now, uh, so, you know, I can't necessarily rag on him and say he hasn't, but we don't know the guy. All I know is what he did in the past, and that's an absolute disgrace. For whoever in the WWE missed this and didn't catch it should be fired. Um, how do you put him in a movie called The Marine, him playing a Marine, when he was dishonorably discharged from the Marines? He disgraced his country, sir. I, I don't see any way this could have slipped through the cracks. I just don't understand it. No, I don't understand it either, and, you know, the, I, I did not know any of this stuff, so... Good good job breaking that news to the Pure Girl audience because, well, we both obviously loathe Randy Orton, and this just right here just adds fuel to our fire. Yeah, absolutely. It's just not, I don't know. I don't know who was thinking this or who thought it was a good idea, but they screwed up big time, too. 
And, sir, finally, to end Raw, we get John Cena coming out. He hasn't tweeted. He hasn't talked to anybody. So we're wondering what kind of promo he's going to cut. He comes out, and basically, you know, he doesn't tell the fans to stick it. He just tells people that he's going to own up to, you know, he's been talking all year, and he, he lost the match. This is not going to end his career. It's not going to define his career. But he talked about how he doesn't want to call out Rock. He just wants to invite the Rock down to the ring and congratulate him and, and just shake his hand. And, sir... Instead of The Rock coming down to the ring and ending the storyline, who do we have? We have the next big thing, Brock Lesnar, former UFC champion. And, sir, I love this. It's always amazing that Brock could find to see him make an immediate impact like that. Him and Cena are probably going to feud going into SummerSlam or maybe even earlier. I know Lesnar's signed to pretty much show up uh, a couple times a month and possibly more. There's openings there. So he's not going to be like Rock. He's not going to come you know, for a couple of weeks and disappear for a couple of months. No, he's going to be there semi-regularly. Uh, I love it. I thought it was great. I thought it was a great way to end Raw. The fans exploded. I have not seen a pop like that. I can't remember the last time I heard a pop like that. It was mind-blowing and mind-shattering. Um, he spent a couple of years in the main roster years ago. He was a big star. He left. He's back. And I love it because it gives the WWE more credibility. It'll bring back some UFC fans. UFC is now what the WWE was when we were teenagers in the Attitude Era when everybody was into it. They were going to every place, not just Hooters. They were going to every restaurant, every bar was carrying it. Now that's what the UFC is, along with boxing. But the WWE will get, got mainstream attention. It was a main story on Yahoo today, sir, that the former UFC champ is back in the WWE, and that's going to make people take a second look at it, bring in more fans and more eyeballs, and that only helps the company. And if fans are butts, and for those guys out there in the company who are complaining, just like they complained about The Rock, get over like Brock Lesnar has gotten over, and then you can complain. Stop being a punk. Do what you got to do. Make it happen, and don't complain when a guy who's a bigger star than you'll ever be comes back for a payday because he's only going to help business and that only helps you to so shut up. Yeah. I mean, that that's in a nutshell. And, you know, we've been talking about it at nauseum over the last year or two about how John Cena should go heel. WWE's hell-bent, Vince is hell-bent on not doing it and just keeping him as a person that will get half cheered, half booed. And, you know, this is the best thing that they could happen is Brock Lesnar comes in and now will feud with John Cena. Yeah, you're right, sir. Absolutely. Sir, before we let uh before we wrap up the show, I just want to mention to our audience that next week we will be broadcasting live once again from the Connecticut School of Broadcasting on Wednesday nights, nine PM. Tune in, the call in number seven one four three six four four seven two one. Thanks again, sir, and you and your family have a happy and healthy Easter. Of course, sir. Easter is a huge holiday and uh Wish we had a little more time to get into it, but you know now we're going to have more condensed shows because of the fact that we're going to have the studio time. But um, some great stuff as always. You mentioned MLB. All I can say is, sir, watching, hearing ideas today hitting home run. I'm not looking forward to the Mets season. I am looking forward to Ike a full season on the team to see what he can do. Possibly Lucas Duda as well. But uh, it's going to be a long, hard road for the Mets, sir. There's no doubt about it. No doubt about it. I don't want to talk about it. Let's move on, <laughs> folks. Make sure you tune in next week, as Joe said, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Check out our website, puregoldpg.com, where you'll hear our great interviews like the one we did with the awesome and the talented Jen Lilly. And, of course, we thank her so much for joining us. And we thank you, the listening audience. Thank Dottie, Eva, and Greg, in reverse order, for calling in and, and being a part of the show. Greatly appreciate them, and hopefully they'll check out our show. And, you know, we'll get some new fans. Thanks to Jen. Again, check Definitely. us out next week. 
for JB. This is DG of Pure Gold reminding you to no matter what you do, no matter what you say, always keep it PG. Hi, guys. I'm actress Laura Jean Salerno, and you're listening to David and Joe on puregoldpg.com. So relax, put your feet up, and listen in. I mean, not on the table, because that's just gross. What's the name of your show? Uh, Pure Gold. Pure Gold? Yes, sir. I got two words for you. Pure (laughs) Gold. Good night, everyone.